outsource, get help, hire a team member, they say, but they don't often outline when to hire a team member or how or what to do first. Obviously, building your team along with your business is more nuanced than just go outsource and get the help, right? I think hiring a VA is kind of a hot topic. And this episode is going to be my semi-quick take on it and what to do first, the questions to ask yourself before you go ahead and make that hire and how to actually go about finding your first team member. So if you've ever asked the question, okay, when should I hire someone? What exactly should I have them do? Should I train them or do you find someone that just knows how to do the thing that I want them to do, and where do you even find that person, then this episode is definitely going to be a good one for you, friend. So let's talk about what it takes and what it looks like to work with team members. This episode is brought to you by HoneyBook. HoneyBook is a client management software, and it's the tool I've been using for years to send contracts get paid, and how I keep track of all of my client inquiries and projects. Now, before I moved over into HoneyBook, I was actually just using my email inbox to manage my clients, and things were slipping through the cracks. Now, inside of HoneyBook, I can see at a glance exactly where my projects are in a timeline, and I love that I can use this for sending questionnaires, setting up recurring invoices, and book calls through their built-in scheduler tool, and so much more. I even use HoneyBook to book guests in for my podcast because of how I can set up workflows and automations so easily. And I use the scheduling tool for that as well. You can get 50% off HoneyBook and start using it today using the link in the show notes below. Hello, and welcome to the Call to Both podcast. I'm your host, Joy Michelle, and you're in the right place if you're ready to grow your business while also being the intentional and present mom you want to be. This show will leave you feeling inspired, equipped with tangible tips, and encouraged to go after your own version of being called to both. Let's dive in. So I think having a team and growing a team can be almost a glamorized concept. I know that I definitely looked up to those other business owners that had gone ahead of me and had big teams. I wondered what steps they took. I felt like it was a bit out of reach for me and they were up on this like business pedestal. And I will say on the other side of hiring, things are much less glam (laughs) and it's not always what I pictured, but I know that The team that I have has certainly allowed my brand and my content to reach far beyond what I would be capable of by myself. This podcast being a perfect example of that. So I am a big fan of outsourcing and team building myself, and I do hope to continue to grow my team this year and in the future. But I also kind of wanted to say, sometimes I think we glamorize the idea of having a team. So if you don't have a team, Don't let other people make you feel like your business is any smaller or lesser or less impactful. And don't fall into the trap that a team is going to somehow fix your business. So when you're first thinking about growing your team and getting help and getting some tasks off your plate, I think a couple of questions that can help guide you are these. So the first is, do you need a VA or do you need a better system or software to help you do that thing? So I've talked about time tracking here on the Call to Both podcast, but this is another great instance where tracking your time during the course of a week 
or two can shed so much light on what is taking up your time and maybe even some things that shouldn't be taking so long and where like a tool, a template, an automation could potentially come in. So the first question you always want to ask is, have I fully optimized this thing that I'm trying to get done? Am I using every tool available to me and to my business? Or are there some things that I could do and set up that would help and maybe the outsourcing isn't needed in that particular area. Now in episode 10 here on the podcast, I actually break down all the softwares, tools, and resources I use on a daily basis in my business, both free and paid. So that would be a good episode for you to listen to after this one. If you're looking for tools, kind of want to hear how another business owner is running things, what they're using, and how you could be saving some time. So that'll be episode 10 and linked up in the show notes. The next thing to ask would be what things are you looking for help for in your business? So what types of things are you looking to outsource? I think a great way to start this is to make a list of all the activities that you're doing in your business. And I would add to that anything that you would like to be doing more of consistently, but you just honestly don't have time due to the lack of help. So for me, this looks like making a dream week activity list, things that I wish I could get done in any given week within my business, within reason, of course. So things like publishing this podcast, sending weekly emails, showing up in my Facebook communities, both for the Call to Both podcast and the Photoboss brand, and coaching in my coaching business. So things within reason that would make the week be like a dream week. When I write all of that down, I can kind of look at that list and say, okay, what are things that are actually getting done and what are things that are commonly falling off? And if I could get some help, those would be great things to outsource. That's a great way to indicate which things you might wanna start with. So look particularly at this list of things that you wish you would be doing more consistently, that you feel that you don't have time to do or the resources to do, but that are also directly tied to how you make money in your business. So I think for a lot of creatives, getting visible and nurturing leads is going to be that thing. So things like showing up consistently on Instagram, maybe it's blogging, maybe it is responding to comments and DMs and really nurturing those relationships and building them that could eventually lead to sales. So I know a lot of times when I'm working with clients, one thing that I like to ask is, how are your clients finding you? Um, what's How are people finding you in your business? Because this is something you want to keep a really close eye on. And the closer of a pulse you keep on your lead generation and the nurture sequence of what that client goes through to get to a point to the buying decision for you, the better informed you're going to be in the hiring process for your business as well. So let's say you've noticed a lot of your clients said that they found you through your Instagram. But in the same breath, you're not being consistent on Instagram. This is a great place to sit and say, okay, we know that revenue is directly tied to Instagram. What exactly have I done that's led to revenue on Instagram? Because that's its own conversation. And where could I bring someone into this? Because I already know it's directly tied to revenue. Other things that might show up on your list are things that you want to outsource that you are currently doing, you might even be good at doing, but you don't like doing them anymore. For me, this is video editing. This is blog formatting in WordPress, admin, email, all of that stuff that I can do, I have done for years and years, but I probably shouldn't really be spending my time on anymore. And the goal of all of this to remember 
in your business is that you are going to be hanging out in your zone of genius as much as possible on a daily basis or when you're putting in hours into your business. Because ideally, when you are spending time in your zone of genius, you are making the most impact, you are making the most money, and you are probably the most content and happy version of yourself because you're hanging out in that area where you are so uniquely gifted. Now, one thing I see a lot of business owners skip and is a big pitfall, common pitfall when you're making that first hire or your next hire is skipping this first step. And that is creating templates and a training manual and your SOPs, your standard operating procedures for whatever task it is that you want them to do. And when you are working on a project-based hire, you might not have to do this as often. Like, if I am going to bring someone into my business to optimize the search engine optimization on my website, I'm probably not gonna tell them how to do that because that is their expertise. That is literally why that I'm bringing them in. But the large majority of hires in your business, you will have to give them some insight into your business. You will have to give them your brand guidelines, parameters on how you do things, provide them with the copy for your business or for social media, for example, the images, the headshots, the graphics, or at least your fonts and your colors in order for them to do their job. Now, I feel like this is a really commonly missed step. We're often so desperate to get help that we jump straight into hiring and sometimes hires make themselves sound so great and so helpful. And I'm sure they would be helpful, especially more so if you had set them up for success with a manual of what they're supposed to do with some templates, with some trainings and with some guidance. So I know that my first hires, I didn't do this. I didn't really have a firm plan of what I wanted them to do. So specifically, I hired a virtual assistant that primarily did Pinterest. And this was many, many years ago. But I had no standard routine for how I was creating graphics, pinning to Pinterest, using Tailwind, and neither did she. So ultimately, this became a bit of a waste of time and money, I think, for me and time for her. So be sure that the things that you are outsourcing are directly tied to two things. We talked about them directly being tied to revenue, but I also think they need to be directly tied to a trackable metric for success. So this gives you something to track. It gives your team members something to track, but it also ensures that you're outsourcing the right things that lead to revenue. So creating your standard operating procedures and your templates and your training manual, that's step one. The next step is to create a job description, which is really going to be helpful for the interview process to, you know, figure out who is a good fit for this role and is actually going to make you articulate what you're looking for. So even if this role is going to cover many things, different areas of your business, they might be a virtual assistant that will help you in your inbox, but also blog and maybe even post to your Instagram write that down, create the job description. This is also gonna help you determine your budget or your hopeful budget for the role because once you see that job description, you'll be able to kind of anchor it in what they will need to know, what kind of experience they need to have and what you're expecting of a team member and how many hours a month it might take. This is just gonna help anchor it a lot. So this is where you determine your budget, but a lot of times VAs and contractors do already have an existing rate and that's something that you're going to have to figure out as you interview the VA which is step four so when you're interviewing those VAs I think finding those team members and talking to them first is absolutely imperative 
But let's just talk for a second about actually finding team members. I know this can be a little bit of a hang up and I get asked a lot of times where I found my team members and what that process looked like. So I have found my team members in lots of different ways. So I love finding people through Facebook groups, personal recommendations from other entrepreneurs that I'm friends with, my own audience, and then just open applications online. I have a team member right now on my team that was once a student of mine, and I have another team member that came through a virtual assisting agency. And I'm not partial to one way or the other. I have learned in my hires, in my failures, and in my successes that I do best when I hire for the person and not as much for the role. I really trust my gut on the person. And when the person is a fit for the brand and they are enthusiastic about the work that I do and they want to be a part of a team, I can train them to do the rest. So your quick recap is step one, create your templates, your standard operating procedures, and a mini training for what you want them to do. Step two, create a complete job description. Step three, determine the budget and the amount of hours that you determine this role might take. And step four is to actually interview those assistants or team members. And be sure to go back and listen to episode 10. That's the episode where I share the tools, the templates, the softwares, the resources, everything that I use in my business to help things run along. I think that's going to help give you some insight into some things that might be able to optimize your business so that you have your team members working on the most impactful tasks, or perhaps you may not have to pay for as many hours with your virtual assistant because your tools and your templates are so dialed in. So I hope this was a helpful kickoff in the whole conversation of hiring a virtual assistant. I, of course, would love to talk about this more. If you're in our Facebook group, you can ask questions there and I will always be happy to answer. And I'll see you guys in the next one. Thank you so much for listening to the show. If you enjoyed this episode, please help me get the word out about the Call to Both podcast by taking a screenshot of this episode right now and sharing it on your social media. I would also appreciate it if you would subscribe and leave me a five-star review. Thanks again, and I'll see you in the next episode.